Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor David Hall, Senior Pastor of LifePoint Church. For more information, visit our website on www.davidhall.com.au. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody, let's give Jesus a shout of praise tonight. Can we just lift our hands all across this place? I just want you to say this right now. Say, tonight's my night for an encounter with God. Say it again. Say, tonight's my night for an encounter with God. Say this. Say, I'm not going to leave this place the way that I came. In Jesus' name, I'm going to be touched by the fire of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, why don't you give God some praise for just a minute? Hallelujah. You know, when it, come, when it comes to the things of the anointing, it's so important that we, we don't lose our ability to connect with the power of God and, and receive from heaven. And in a room like this, I'm believing that God is going to do something sovereign and supernatural in this place. And I just want to encourage you to lift your faith. Believe that God's in this place to touch you and touch every hungry heart. Just let's pray for one minute. Father, I pray. And we thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your presence. Lord God, we thank you that you don't change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what you did in the book of Acts 2,000 years ago, you're doing right now in this house. And Father, tonight I just pray, let the fire of God touch every hungry heart. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't stop you in any way. We wouldn't hinder you in any way. But Father, by faith, we receive the power of heaven. And Lord God, my prayer tonight is that you would touch this house with the power of God. Every pastor, every leader, every church represented. Lord, let the wind of your spirit blow. Let the new wine of heaven be poured out. Let the rain of heaven come down. Let the river of God flow. And Father, we thank you for fresh oil from heaven. Touching every hungry heart. Just where you're at, whether you're standing or sitting, just take a minute, raise your hands to heaven all over this place. Can I just have keys for a minute? Is that cool? Father, all over this house, let the anointing of God just come. Fill every hungry heart in this place with your presence. You know, sometimes you need to take a minute and say, God, would you fill me? Often we're good at saying, God, fill the atmosphere, fill the room. But sometimes you've got to realize the Bible tells us to draw with joy from the wells of salvation. You know, some of us don't realize we have a bucket. Maybe there's a hole in your bucket. I don't know. Maybe you lost your bucket. I don't know, but I want to encourage you, draw with joy tonight and say, God, tonight, whether you're up in the, in the nosebleed section up there or you're here on the, on the floor, my, my prayer is that you'd say, God, tonight is my night. Tonight, me, whether you're a leader, whether you're serving, you might have served, served, served all week. Tonight, just take some time and just drink of the drink of the river of heaven. Just be filled with the Holy Spirit because I believe that God wants to meet you at your point of faith, that you'd never be the same again. You know, in a room like this, we can have, we can have a move of God. And just in one night, we can have heaven just come and touch people. I want to encourage us. Let's, let's be expectant and say, God, I, I give you permission to touch my life. God, you can do what, whatever it is that you want to do because in, a, in an atmosphere like this, You can be ignited. There's going to be people tonight called to ministry, called to preach the gospel, called to serve God. And can I I encourage you, when you come to the altar tonight, I'm going to call people out. Don't come sort of going, okay, let's see what happens. Come like that woman with the issue of blood. 
and say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch you. You know, she didn't even get to touch him. She just touched what was on him in the natural. But what was on him in the supernatural touched her. And you know, the thing that Jesus said, he said, hey, uh, who touched me? Everyone said, the disciples said, everyone's touching it. He said, no, someone touched me different. They touched me in faith. And what did he say? He said, I felt power leave me. If you, uh, if Jesus felt the dunamis, the, oh man, I feel this. If Jesus felt the power leave him, that means you will feel the power touch you. I've had people say, uh, talking about Jesus, and well, we, ne- we, never, we never read of them jumping in church and going crazy and, and losing it and getting wild in, in the Holy Ghost. I mean, we read about them speaking in tongues and some of those things, but we, 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 we never read too much of them becoming undignified. But especially when it comes to Jesus, people say, well, I never saw him shouting. I never saw him getting wild. Yes, we may not have seen Jesus shouting and going wild, but everyone he touched did. And, and do you know, when the, when the touch of God gets on your life, things happen. Roofs begin to get broken into and dung falls down. And revival's messy. I mean, you want revival, you might have your roof cave in. You might have a woman grab your pants in an appropriate way. You, you, you might, I'm telling you, the disciples, Peter and John, who they walked right up to the crippled man. Silver and gold of a nun, such as I have. What did he do? Walking, leaping, praising God. I mean, revival isn't safe, safe. It's walking, leaping, praising God. It's roofs caving in. It's alabaster boxes being destroyed. It's boys lunch being multiplied it's it's miracles it's blind eyes opening it's lame men walking it's deaf ears opening it's the supernatural power of God and church can I say let let's not just be uh, we hear this word Pentecostal I'll talk a bit about that tonight but Pentecost is such a it's an important it's not a denomination it's a theology it's a it's a beautiful thing and tonight I going to talk a little bit about that and then we, we're going to pray but my belief tonight I'm preaching for one purpose and that is to build your faith so when we get to this altar tonight we alter and we see God do something powerful by the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus thank you so much guys you're awesome if you have a Bible if you turn with me please to the book of Ephesians the book of Ephesians and I want to have a look tonight at the fifth chapter of the book of Ephesians I'm going to uh, speak from a very well-trodden piece of Scripture, and, and my prayer is that it speaks to your heart and, and, uh, and it re- reaffirms a lot of what we believe as, as a church. And, and I believe God's going to do something in this place, and I just pray that we just get loose tonight in the Holy Ghost and, and see something happen. Ephesians chapter 5, and reading from the 14th verse, he says this, he says, Therefore, he says, this is Paul writing, he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. How many know we are living in some crazy days right now? But how many know that God's greater than any government, is greater than any problem? He is still the King of kings. And the Bible says the government is upon his shoulders. And uh, last time I checked, his name is still called Wonderful and Mighty God and Prince of Peace and of his kingdom. There'll be, there'll be no end. And it goes on to say uh, in verse 17, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, I love this, verse 18. He says, and do not be drunk with wine. Notice he doesn't say don't be drunk. He just clarifies the way it is appropriate or not appropriate to be drunk. 
getting quiet in here. Some of you are smiling like, really? This is fantastic. <laughs> One guy's elbowing his wife saying, I told you so, sweetheart. He says, don't be drunk with wine or don't be drunk with the, with the stuff of the world, he says, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to speak for just a few moments on the subject and the idea of having a personal revival. Having a personal revival because uh, a revival is often something we pray that God would bring to us and God can and He does do that. But I believe the greatest prayer that we can pray is not just send revival to us, but use us to be the revival and use us to carry the power of God. And right here, Paul is writing to the church and he says something very interesting. He says, he says something that, uh, for, I guess, on the surface is something that we've heard many times before. He says, be filled with the Spirit. Now, there, there's a couple of things that I want to talk about uh, around this idea because it's quite important we understand who is talking to and what he's actually saying. He says, be filled with the Spirit. And, and that literally means to be filled in this present moment and to stay continually being filled. So he's saying, be filled right now. And he's saying, and be being continually filled. So he's saying, don't just get filled one time during the revival. He's saying, next week be filled. Stay full of the Holy Ghost. Stay full of the presence of God. Often one thing that can be quite difficult when it's, uh, as, as a preacher preaching uh, in, in, a, in a revival meeting or a series of meetings, is often it's the only time that people have encountered God. And it's almost like you have to stir people up all over again, stir people up all over again. And while that's okay and, and we're going to do that, I would encourage you, uh, don't, don't wait till the next revival to get filled. Live in revival. Live in the, live in the moving of the Holy Spirit of God in the name of Jesus. And, and he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. But this is interesting. We might think that as, as, as Spirit-filled Christians, that when we hear him write to the church and say, be filled with the Spirit, we think, oh yeah, he's writing to <clears throat> maybe the traditional church and reminding them of the, uh, of the importance of being filled with the Spirit. It's interesting that Paul is not writing to the local evangelical, non-charismatic, non-Pentecostal, non-Spirit-filled church. He's writing to the church at Ephesus. The church at Ephesus started when Paul came to Ephesus in Acts chapter 19 and he found some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, we didn't even know we could receive the Holy Spirit. He said, well, how then were you baptized? He said, well, we'll baptize in water. And he said, okay, cool. And he lays hands on them. The fire of God comes on them. And the Bible says they spoke in tongues. And so the church at Ephesus started in the power of God. It began to grow. And it began to grow under Timothy's leadership. The place began to grow. And Paul would even write things to Timothy. He said, Timothy, I remind you to stir up the gift that is in you, which you received through the laying on of my hands. That actually, actually means you need a fan into flame by the Spirit of God, the gift that is given to you. So when Paul is writing to the church, he's not writing to people that have never experienced or encountered uh, a, a supernatural visitation of the Holy Spirit. He's writing to a church like us 
tonight. And he's saying, hey, I want to remind you that being filled once on Noah's Ark or being filled once when you got saved or once on a youth camp, that's actually not the space that God has called us to live. He says, I, I'm believing God. Timothy is, is writing to this, this, this young pastor and he's saying, hey, you need to be and build the kind of church that is constantly full of the Holy Spirit. And you know, maybe you're in this place and you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm not even asking the question, uh, do you have a prayer language? I'm asking you, what are your water levels right now? Because some of us pray in tongues, but that infilling of the Spirit, where are our tank's low, man. And I want to encourage us, we, we need to do what Paul says, don't be drunk with the wine of the world, but be filled. Oh man, I'm getting myself happy. Just Be filled with the Holy Ghost. And you know, I, I've had I've had people say to me, you know, uh, how do you how do you get filled with the Spirit? Or how do I know if I've been filled with the Spirit? Let me tell you, when you've been filled with the Spirit, you know uh, you've been filled with the Spirit. Uh, being filled with the Spirit is a recognizable condition. Spirit-filled Christianity is recognizable, both to the person who has been filled and also to the people looking at that person. You cannot be filled with the Spirit and not know that you've been filled with the Spirit. And you cannot be filled with the Spirit and other people not know you've been filled with the Spirit. I can prove it. You look in the Word of God in the book of Acts. They wanted to get the church established and get some leadership in place. And what they say, we need to find some leaders. Men of good report who are full of the Holy Ghost. How can you identify somebody that's full of the Holy Ghost if there are no indicators of being filled with the Spirit? What was the indicator? And so we, we look at this idea of being filled with the Spirit. It's recognizable. You cannot be filled with the Spirit and not know. Same as I can't get, is the 77? Is it the 77 that runs through Charlotte? And you get on the 77, stand in front of a Mack truck, and that Mack truck runs you over. Let me tell you, if you get hit by a Mack truck, you know you've been hit <laughs> by a Mack truck. When you get up, should, let me change. If you get up, you're going to walk different. You're going to talk different. You get home, your wife's going to say, honey, there's something different about you. I know, I was on the 77. I stood in front of a Mack truck. I'm never going to be the same again. My prayer is that when you leave this revival, you get home, your wife or your husband, your kids, what happened? I was in church minding my own business and suddenly from heaven, there was a release of the power of God and I'm never ever going to be the same again in the 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 touch of God some of us we think the touch of God is this gentle lovely thing oh hallelujah I've been touched by Jesus no it's dangerous it's dangerous you say prove it I will prove it Isaiah or you say Isaiah in America Isaiah minding his own business An angel comes with a coal from the altar of heaven. You go, isn't that lovely? The angel was holding it with tongs. It was so hot, the angel was smart. I'm not touching this thing. So he says, I'll take it for you, God, but give me some tongs. It's the first time we see speaking in tongs in the Bible. So he he flies in. He's got the the coal. Thank you. He's got the coal. It's okay. He's got the coal. Bring in the, bring in the burning hot coal from the altar of heaven. The angel wouldn't touch it, but it had no problem assaulting Isaiah. 
just gets a thing and touches his lips. So for the rest of Isaiah's life, he's now got a speech impediment and burnt lips. Jacob, he wanted to have an encounter with God. He wrestles with God and God stabs him in the hip. And for the rest of his life, he has to walk like that. Saul, who became Paul, he was just on the road to Damascus. A light shines from heaven. He hits the ground. He gets up blind. Generally, we hope it goes the other way in church. If you're here and you've got bad vision, we'll pray you get healed. But you never know. We might just have the kind of revival where you see perfectly and leave completely blind. How is church? Phenomenal. I can't see a thing. You know, you talk about an encounter with God. The S fell off his name. And God stuck a P on his name. You know you've had a good church service when your name changes. I mean, that's a sick. It's like going to Pastor Johnny after the service. How's church, Pastor Johnny? No, it's now Pony. I'm never going to be the same again. Can you imagine Isaiah and Jacob and Paul in heaven just having a chat about the time God touched them? Jacob, he walks over. Hey, Isaiah, tell us about when God touched you. Oh, it was incredible. I'm never going to be the same again. It was incredible. And Paul's standing there as well. They're saying, hey, Paul, how was it? And he goes, we're over here. Oh, it was incredible. I'm never, I'm never going to be the same again. I once could see and now I'm blind. Can I, can I tell you, church, church can, I mean, church can get, you know, we, we've got a broad program of things we've got to do. But let me tell you, every believer, every person that names the name of Jesus, you've got to have an encounter with God. When, when's the last time you came to an altar call and just got hit by the fire of God? When's the, when's the last time you left a meeting and you had to have two ushers carry you out? I mean, when's the, when's the last time you came to church and you got in the car and you tried to tell your wife something on the way home and English didn't work and out of your mouth came, cool, rabamba dish, rabamba I mean, when? When's the, when's the last time that you were saying grace and suddenly the anointing fell and you began to weep and the chicken began to get cold and the anointing of God just came? When's the last time you began to speak under the anointing of the Holy Ghost? When, when's the last time you felt power from on high? When's the last time the river of God? And you know the crazy thing? For a lot of us, it's not all the time. And I feel like God's saying to us, even in a church with an atmosphere like this, it's alive and full of the Spirit of God. And he's saying it to me. He's saying it to my church. He's saying it to the church. He's saying, be filled. And we say, but I have. He's saying, I know, but have another dose. I mean, have, a, have another drink of the wine of God. I mean, the, the wine of heaven, it's good stuff. I'm telling you, you won't wake up groggy in the morning. you wake up healed and whole and blessed and full of life because you've been filled. With the presence of God, he said, he said, be filled with the Spirit. And I want to have a look at this for a minute and just have a look at a couple of indicators that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Because there are biblical indicators that the Spirit of God's filled us. And we read here in this scripture just a few things. The Bible tells us that, that Paul writes, he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and, uh, and he goes on to say, uh, don't be drunk with wine wherein it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And so tonight, can I just give you a few indicators 
that you've been filled with the Spirit, then we're going to pray and we're going to believe that God's going to do something in this house. The first indicator that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, and this is old school. Do we have any, do we have any old school Pentecostals that, are, that have been in this thing for a little while? Some of you think Pentecostalism is putting your hair in buns and not wearing makeup. I ain't joining any movement that doesn't let the ladies wear makeup, man. I, uh, if the barn door needs painting, paint the barn door. I think, you know... Some of you might have grown up in one of those churches where, where, the, where, where the ladies wore a skirt and they, and they, wore, they, they, they wore stockings or pantyhose or that are like six foot thick. I mean, you know, they almost look like black army fatigues. You wouldn't mess with these ladies. That's not what being Pentecostal is. We don't have to bust out choir robes and... And have a quivering voice, mind you, I can get down with a bit of that anyway. And uh, I don't mind it. I can't do it as good as the other guys, but I'll have a go. I want to be included. So, being a Pentecostal simply means this. Jesus said to his disciples and followers, he said, the last thing he ever preached, Luke 24, 49, he says, go and wait in Jerusalem until you're filled with power from on high. So they did. They went to the upper room on the day of Pentecost and they waited for, for, for the Holy Spirit to fall. And, and the Spirit of God came and the Bible says they're all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues. And, and the Holy Spirit fell on this day called Pentecost. And we are Pentecostal by theology when we believe that what happened that day is the pattern for us today and it is available to us today. We're called Pentecostals because we believe what the Holy Spirit did on the day of Pentecost is for right now. If the Holy Spirit fell at Christmas, we'd be Christmacostals. <laughs> We're called Pentecostals because God fell on, the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost. And, and when the Holy Spirit fell, the Bible says they're all in one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house without sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. One sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. So as Pentecostals or Spirit-filled Christians, we believe that the Spirit of God is, it, it, it comes upon us subsequent to being born again in a second experience to salvation that we call the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you, you get the gifts of the Spirit, the touch of God comes upon your life. You'll speak in tongues. I, I bought a pair of Adidas superstars yesterday. I was pretty excited about those superstars that I bought yesterday. I got them at uh, Concord Mills. They were cheap. I was very excited. I'm an Oz. I'm an Aussie. We like cheap things. And so I got myself these, these sneakers. And, and you know what I discovered? I discovered that my Adidas superstars and the baptism in the Holy Spirit have one thing in common. They both come with tongues. I'm telling you right now. They, I know this is heavy theology. It's helping people. But Paul writes, he says, be filled with the Spirit. An indicator you've been filled with the Spirit is that you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to talk about that for a minute. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
I heard Pastor Jay last night and tonight and Monday night telling you that this Sunday at church is a baptismal service where they're going to be baptizing people in water in obedience to the commands of Christ. And as you are baptized in water, you know the drill. For those that have been in church a long time, the preacher or a leader or a pastor will get in the tank. I assume there might be a tank somewhere. I don't know where they put it. It looks like there could be a hole in the ground somewhere here. I don't know. Or it's a trap door in case they go too long. But, but they, they put the... They, they put the person in the baptismal tank and there's a pastor there and, and, and he gets that Christian and, and puts them underwater. If they've been living in real bad sin, we keep them there a while just to see if it's legit. That's not true. Uh, we dunk them, bring them up in newness of life and they, it's beautiful. Baptism in the Spirit, it's the same process with different elements. You've still got a baptizer, but it's not a pastor this time, it's Jesus. You've got an element, but it's not water, it's the Holy Spirit, and you've still got a candidate, and that doesn't change, it's you and I. We get baptized instead of in water, we get baptized by Jesus into the person and into the power, into into the fire of the Holy Ghost, and you get up. And you know, here's the thing, when you got saved, the Holy Spirit came to indwell you, but when you get baptized in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you catching what I'm saying? And, and so that's the baptism in the Spirit. And that opens us to a whole new level of empowering in God. But I want to say this. It's so important that, that, that you catch this because it's a bit of fun, but it's so interesting. I came across a poem, uh, a poem. I don't know how you say that word in America, but came across a poem written by a poet in ancient Greek, in the ancient Greek language. And this poet wrote this poem in 200 AD. And I know some of the guys that were at the, at the Verge conference in Destin might have heard me share this. But he wrote a poem on the process of making pickles. It's, it's going to help somebody right now. When I first heard this and came in contact with this poem, I, I was of the camp that just believed that pickles were created by God. That one day, God, in the, in, somewhere in the book of Genesis, said, let there be pickles. And there were pickles, and he saw that they were good. He ate a couple, and then had a rest. You know, that's actually not what happened. There is no mention of God creating pickles, because God never created pickles. He created cucumbers. <laughs> that was meant to be a joke. Someone was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> someone, someone takes their food preparation very seriously over in section two. Pickles were cucumbers. I know this is heavy. I, tonight they asked me to be a bit more theological, so I'm just trying to uh, help you with that because it's been very light this week, so I had to come and bring some meat. Uh, that's a joke. That was a joke, by the way. <laughs> joke. A pickle was a cucumber that goes through a process called pickling, and it becomes a pickle. So the guy that makes creates it. Basically what a pickle is, is it's a cucumber that's been saved, baptized in the spirit, and it's now a pickle. And I'll show you what. So this poet writes about the process of making pickles, and in the original language, he uses the two different words in the original language for baptism. There's bapto and there's baptizo. And he uses both of those words, which we uh, translate to baptism, and he shows us something so interesting in his poem. He talks about it, and I don't know how the poem goes, but he shows the two, the, the two parts of the process of making pickles include the first, which is blanching, where you get the cucumber, dip it in burning hot water, it softens its skin, you pull it out of the burning water, 
the boiling hot water, and then you get that same pickle after it's been softened, and you put it into a jar of vinegar, and you seal the jar, it's full of other cucumbers, and, and, the, and the vinegar breaks through the skin of the cucumber, and the cucumber begins to change into a pickle. And so when he does that, he starts saying that the first process, the dip, is bapto. It's a dip, it's a blanching, in and out. And often some of us, our experience with the power of God, we've had a few dips every now and then. But where the real power is, that sort of prepares it for the next part. The real power is when you take that same cucumber that's been dipped in hot water, you leave it in that jar. You might not know what a jar is, a jar. Uh, a jar, somebody say jar. That's beautiful English right there. That's Australian English. And so put it and leave it in there until the vinegar breaks through. And do you know what happens? The chemical structure of the pickle, of the cucumber, changes into a pickle. And the, the crazy thing about that is scientifically it's impossible to reverse a pickle back to a cucumber. Scientists have invested time and research into trying to reverse the pickle back to a cucumber. And people are like, cure, big, cure important diseases. They're saying, no, we have to reverse a pickle. It's impossible. Can I say, once you've been dipped and then you get in that jar and get saturated, the Spirit of God changes you from the inside out. I don't want to be a cucumber. I don't want to just be a crusty old cucumber. God in heaven, I want to be pickled. I want to be, I want to, do we have any pickles in the house? I mean, is there anybody that's been in that jar just a little... Tonight I felt like we jumped from the we jumped from the hot water into the vinegar tonight, man. I saw, when we started singing, when I think of his goodness and what it's done for me, I felt a bit of pickling starting to happen. Some of you, you came in here a bit stiff, you lift your hands like tin man. But a bit of oil got in your joints and you begin to get loose and praise God. Why is that? Because when you pickle, you can't go back to stuffy old religion, you know. You know, in Australia, one of the one of the expressions for being drunk in the natural in Australia is to be pickled. Look at that bloke, he's thoroughly pickled. I pray some of you get thoroughly pickled. Paul wrote about it in Ephesians. He said, don't be pickled with wine, but be pickled with the Holy Ghost. Peter on the day of Pentecost, these men, they're not pickled like you think. They're pickled, they're pickled. But they're a different kind of pickled. They're never going to be the same again. Can I encourage some of you? Some of you need to get drunk in the Holy Ghost. Some of you have been drunk on the world stuff, and, uh, but you need to get drunk in the Holy Spirit. Do you know, it's funny. Uh, drunkenness in the world is a counterfeit for drunkenness in God. You know, even in the world, drunk people do interesting things. I wouldn't know I grew up Pentecostal. So I asked Pastor Johnny if he could give me a list, and he gave me a comprehensive list. I mean, this thing is a... Drunk people do funny things. Here's some things that drunk people do. They pick a fight with someone bigger than themselves. I tell you, when you get full of the Holy Ghost, you'll get courage you never had before. Another thing drunk people do is they buy a round of drinks as if money has no meaning. When you're drunk in the Holy Ghost, you get generous. I mean, I've seen Christians, they hold their $5 bills so tight, they give Abraham Lincoln a blood nose. I mean, when you're drunk in the Holy Ghost, it's a dangerous time to be drunk when the offering comes in because you'll put your shoes in the bucket. I'm t- oh, you, you put your mother-in-law in the bucket. You might even do that when you're not drunk in the Holy Ghost. So you, 
You might be just happy to donate it to the cause of Christ. Another thing that drunk people do is they become unusually affectionate. Have you been around that drunk person? I've always loved you. I don't believe we've met. I know, I just sense it. I mean, when you're full of the Holy Ghost, you love people. You want to get around people. Another thing that drunk people do is they convince themselves that karaoke is a good idea. I mean, some of you tonight, you looked a little bit drunk. Some of you looked like you were getting a bit loose. Why? Because you've been filled with the Spirit of God and you threw off restraint and began to praise Jesus. Another thing that drunk people do is they have a nice lie down in public places. That's true. When is the last time you had a good lie down in the house of God? Some of us, I pray for people at the altar and they do all kinds of things. They do this. They don't realize we can just knock you sideways quite easily. Not that we would do that here at the refuge. But you know, falling out under the power of God, it's a ministry that I see happen in revival meetings and some people are totally unsure of all those things. But you know, all through Scripture, we see examples of that happening. It happened to Daniel. It happened to John on the Isle of Patmos. He said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and he hit the ground as a dead man. The Bible tells us that Peter, before he led Cornelius, took the gospel to the Italians and the Gentiles. The Bible says he, he, he went into a trance. That means, that means prostrate. He, he fell into a trance. The power of God touched him, and he was never the same. 750 Roman soldiers came to Jesus, and they said, are you the Christ? And he said, I am. They're two lethal words to come out of the mouth of God. I am. Never mess with God when he starts saying, I am. He said, I am. And 750 Roman soldiers who came to arrest him hit the ground under the power of God. I'm telling you, when the fire of God comes on you, supernatural things happen. In the book of Acts, they had fire coming out of their head. The whole city said, these people are drunk. The anointing of God was upon them. And I, I want to encourage us as a, as a household of faith, let's believe for an encounter with God that we sense and feel and experience. Some of us go, oh, I'm not into that. Can I tell you? Get into that river. It'll change your heart and change your life. Some of you need joy. Some of you need life. Some of you need healing. It comes with the power of God. I had a girl come up to me the other day in a meeting in Auckland, New Zealand, and she said, would you pray for me? I preached uh, all night and, and, and ministered at a conference just like this. And, and so I'm walking out the door, and she said, would you pray for me? I said, sure, I'll pray for you. And so, I, but, but I was on my way out, so it was kind of like a brotherly post-church prayer. You know, it's not quite as exciting. There's no music, so you can't pray as good. And so I, I put my hand on her shoulder, and I just said, Father, bless her, minister to her, touch her in Jesus' name. Amen. And I walked off. And as I walk off, she says, was that it? I said, I'm sorry. She says, was that it? I said, what do you mean was that it? She said, my family is falling apart. My parents are about to split up. I've got sickness in my body. My dad's terminally ill. I've got anxiety and depression. Things aren't good. I came to you in faith believing that God was going to touch my life. She said, was that it? I'm like, No. I said it was a practice. Uh, you just got to warm up, you know. So I went from God's man of pace and flower to God's man of faith and power. And I thought, okay, we need to pray properly. So I put my hand on her head and I said, in the name of Jesus, you be made whole by the power of God. And boom, she hits the ground under the power of God. And I was like, <laughs> was that it? Give me a break. 
All right, that's it. There we go. So I get in the car to go home and the Spirit of God speaks to me and says, David, you're building a church. Don't build the kind of church where people come in broken, needing something from heaven and walk out going, was that it? Build the kind of church where when people come hungry, they leave satisfied, they leave filled, they leave refreshed, they leave impacted by the power of God. Can I tell you, when the Spirit of God starts moving, you can truly know that greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world because you've got the greater one living on the inside of you. The Spirit of God in the name of Jesus. Feel baptized in the Holy Ghost. Man, you and I, we need an anointing like never before. This house, I'm believing that God's going to do something even this night. I was preaching in Brownsville, Florida just a few months ago, a year ago now. And, uh, and they have a conference they run each year, and I've spoken there many times. Some of you might have even gone to the Brownsville Revival back in the day. And, and I was preaching, and their auditorium would probably be a similar size to this. And there was a girl right at the back. And, and, uh, and so because she was quite a long way back, I couldn't really see too much of what was going on. I didn't have my glasses at the time. And, uh, and so I said, that girl, come up here. And as she comes to the front, I realize that she has an eye patch on her eye. She has an eye patch on her eye. And I was pumped because I thought I'd never prayed for a pirate before. This is, this is exciting. And so she comes down and I, and I said to her, why don't you lift your arms to Jesus? And, I said, what's your condition? I said, is it scurvy? God can heal scurvy. I said, how'd you get here? Did you sail the high seas? I don't, no, I didn't say that. One time, Long John Silver was getting interviewed by a journalist. The journalist said to Long John Silver, what, what happened to your leg? He said, ah, a shark got me leg. And then, then, then he said, we found a piece of wood and we stuck it there and that's why I got a wooden leg. Then, then she said, well, what happened to your hand? Arr, a crocodile got me hand. And uh, we found a hook, and now that's my hand. And then she said, well, how come you've got an eye patch? She said, Arr, some seagulls flew over, and you know what seagulls do. And, and he, she said, yeah, but that doesn't make you go blind. He said, Arr, I'd only had the hook for one day. Anyway, so that's... <laughs> the penny's dropping. I can hear it dropping. All the... <laughs> so... This girl's at the front, and I said to her, sweetheart, why, why have you got an eye patch? What's going on? And, and uh, she said to me, she said, I've got cancer in my tear duct, and the pressure that's on my eye is causing me to not be able to see. So we just did what you do in the household of faith. We said, we said, come on, everybody, stand to your feet. Let's begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Stretch your hands out towards it. And I'll tell you right there, the power of God hit her. She hit the floor under the anointing of God. She gets up. Now, she starts telling people, don't just clap yet. But she starts, this is in Pastor Evans' church. She, she's telling people, I can see, I can see. And I didn't want to go, you know, and declare that she's, like, I mean, say as, as though a fact that she's healed has happened and, and be irresponsible about that because you just, you gotta, be, you gotta be wise with all of this stuff but she's telling people she can see. So I said, I need to know from a medical professional before I start telling people all of this stuff. So anyway, she goes to see the doctor and the doctor said, uh, 
that, that, that she, that we can't find cancer in your body. There's no cancer in your body. Before you clap, get this, her mother wouldn't let them say cancer-free, but he wanted to, the doctor wanted to say cancer-free. So the doctor said, well, okay, that's fine, because her mother wasn't a believer and didn't want to get hyped up. So she, they obeyed the mother and said, you're in remission. Come and see us in six months. She came back in six months. So this was just a few months ago that I got the text, and the doctor said, sweetheart, you are cancer-free. Let me tell you, if he can do it in Brownsville, he can do it in Charlotte. I'm telling you, if he can do it in America, he can do it in Australia, he can do it in India, he can do it in Africa. God doesn't have a passport. He's a healer. He's a savior. He's a baptizer in the Holy Ghost. And he's a soon coming king. And he's alive right now to meet your need. Oh, hallelujah. I'm I'm done. I'm finished. Tell you one more story that I'm going to quit. I, had, I was at this church in Brownsville at another time and they had a lady there by the name of Sister Mary Jenkins. Sister Mary Jenkins, who at the time was 102. Uh, she's now with the Lord. I'm guessing, I'm guessing if she was alive now, she probably would have been maybe 107 or because it was a few years ago. And she, she was... Uh, one of the speakers, I was the other speaker at this weekend that they called the Generations Weekend, and which I, I thought they covered the spectrum fairly well. Uh, I was about 30 at the time, she was 102, so I think we covered about a fair range. So she was the adopted daughter of and was raised in the home of Smith Wigglesworth. So for those that don't know who that is, that is a man that was, carried the anointing of God, raised the dead, all of those things, phenomenal. So I ended up in the, in, the, in the pastor's office with her, and it was just the two of us. And so how do you make small talk with someone that's 102? I was like, how was the Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> so pretty good Inquisition, one of my favorites. So, she, so she's sitting there in a wheelchair. She's sitting there in a wheelchair, and I'm sitting in, an, in a chair. And, and all I remember is that it was the two of us and some key lime pie. And... I thought, well, I'm going to try and talk to her. So I knew a story of Wigglesworth where he went to a funeral, got the body of the dead person, and as I had heard the story, threw him against the wall and raised him from the dead at the funeral. How many know that goes from a funeral to church in about three seconds flat? There's nothing like a good resurrection to fire up a funeral. Now, so I asked her if that was true, and this is what she says to me. She's 102. She said, she said, Baby, she said, that's an exaggeration. I could hardly understand her English. It was, you know, it just was hard to hear, hard for me to understand, very thick accent, and I'm an Australian, so she said, baby, that's an exaggeration. I said, an exaggeration? What do you mean? She goes, he didn't throw nobody against no wall. She said, he just pushed him against the wall. I said, was he, was he raised from the dead? She said, yeah, baby. I said, how do you know? She said, I was there. So I did what any smart young pastor would do. I said, lady, lay hands on me right now. She puts her hand on my head. She said, in the name of G, she never had time to say this. It was in the name of G, I'm out. I'm gone. And I could not get up. I was pinned to the floor. And all I remember was the door to the office opened a little bit. They looked, obviously looked in, saw something weird was happening, and the door just closed again. I never know. 
to this day. But do you know, she started prophesying over me. And I didn't understand anything she said. She's like, can I say, I don't even know what she said, but what I know is to this day, it's the most powerful word I've ever had. Sometimes it's not what they say, it's just what's on them when they say it. I wrote it in my journal. I wrote it down in my journal, Pastor Eddie. I drew a squiggly line and a picture of a butterfly. And Wigglesworth was 100 years ago. We need Wigglesworth today. We need you and I to stand up in the fire of the Holy Ghost and, and get, get under that Pentecostal power of God. I'd love it if all over this place, maybe we could just stand for a minute and raise our hands to God. Maybe if a keyboard player can come and we're just going to have a minute. Why don't we just get our eyes on Jesus and worship Him for just a moment? Jesus, and come on, let's lift our hands all over this place. Father, we worship you. Let's get hungry. Can you, let's place a demand on the power of God. Jesus. Jesus, we worship your name. Come on, why don't we just worship him for one minute? There's the anointing of God filling this place. Mm-hmm. For thou, O Lord, thou, O Lord. Come on, let's sing. Art above all the earth. Above all the earth. Thou art exalted. Fill this place, God. God's falling in this place. The rain of heaven's coming right now in this house. Come on, church, lift your hands and worship Him in this house. Yes, we do, Lord. Come on with every hand lifted, let's sing, we exalt thee, we exalt thee, we exalt thee. All over this house let the rain of heaven just come. We exalt Worship 
Let his anointing just come. Church, I, I just, I really want you to hear what I'm saying. Go beyond just lifting your hands and go, okay, okay. Begin to connect and say, God, touch my life. Believe that God's going to fill you right now in this place. Believe that he's going to fill you with the oil of heaven. Believe that he's going to fill you with the fire of God. There's a young lady to my right. There's a, a, a shorter girl in front of her in the pink in pink and you're wearing black and you just went like that to your hair. I want you to come. God's going to touch it. Just come. Yeah, you. Right now. Just come. Spirit of God. Church, lift your hands to heaven. Let's get our eyes on Jesus. Shebra. Ma'am, just, just come stand right here. Just lift your hands to God. Just get in close. Stand right behind her. The fire of God's going to fill her right now. Filled right now with that anointing. That's the presence of God. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. If you're hungry, if you're hungry, if you're hungry, He'll fill you. If you're hungry, that anointing. Whew, man, I feel, I feel like he's just walked in the room just right now. I just feel like he's... Just whisper his name. Whisper the name of Jesus. There's an anointing. This gentleman right here, I think you're wearing green under these lights. It looks like green. Just come. Tonight's your night. God's going to visit you, sir. Lift your hands to God. Close your eyes. As you do, the fire of God. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Spirit of God, Spirit of God, Manda Rabata Shaprasta Kebrendele Bashataya, Mana Namomoko Robotoshta. It's the power of heaven. Jesus, let the rain of heaven just come. Let the rain of the Holy Spirit just pour out and touch this house. That young lady right there, you're, you're just a young girl, you're wearing a red watch, just come, or a red something. You, you, yeah, her. Come, sweetheart. I can't see what that was. Lift, lift your hands to God. Close your eyes. As you do, the, the presence of heaven fills you right now. From your head to your toe, be filled with the Holy Ghost right now. One, two, three. Power from heaven in Jesus' name. That's the, that's the presence of the Most High God. If you're hungry, if you're hungry, somebody say, tonight's my night. Somebody say, tonight's my night. This, this young lady, I think, I think you're saying a song tonight. In the, just in the middle, in the aisle, right here. This young lady right here, just come. Just come. Stand right here. Lift your hands to God. Close your eyes as you do. The anointing of God, the rain of heaven just comes right now. Filled right now in Jesus' name. That's it. Just take that anointing from your head to your toe. Right there. One, two, three. Power of God. The power of God fills this house. If you're hungry, if you're hungry, you, sister, just come. You're so far forward. I feel like you might be hungry for God to do something. Just come. Lift your hands to heaven. Close your eyes as you do. 
I tell you, the rain of heaven just comes. Can I say, when I use that line, lift your hands as you do, the fire of God comes on you. I didn't make up that line. That was exactly what was said to me the night I received the Holy Ghost. And I've just been determined, I'm going to say that everywhere I go. Lift your hands to heaven as you do, the fire of God. Some of you need to lift your hands to heaven. Because as you do, the fire of God comes. Whoo, man, I feel that in my, in my bones. It's the presence of God. Sister, you come. This lady right here, just come. Just come, lift your hands to Jesus. Close your eyes as you do. Sister, just be that's the anointing. That's the anointing. That's a good way to start the new year. I'm going to start 2017 drunk in the Holy Ghost. That's, that's what we're going to do. What's your name, honey? Jenna, how old are you? Close your eyes, sweetheart. The, the presence of God is just going to touch you right now from your head to your toe. See, just for see, I feel the presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This gentleman... Uh, right there in the second row. Is that your wife? Are you, is that your wife? Just both of you come. Both of you come. Is anyone like a good old school Holy Ghost meeting? Is that? Lift your hands, both of you, as you do. Fire right now. Fire right now. Jesus, I feel him, Jesus. Feel him, Jesus. Beautiful. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Can I, just, can I just say, it's just nice to be in a Pentecostal church every now and then. It's just nice to be in a church where anything could happen, and it probably will. I feel like God's about to do something. There's a young guy in a Nike t-shirt, that, that white t-shirt. Just come. Your dad, Pastor Nathan. Lift your hands, man of God. What's your name? Owen. Tonight's your night for an encounter with God. Can you just take one more step forward so I can pray for you without falling off this platform? In the name of Jesus. That's the power from heaven right now. Jesus' name. That's the blessing of God. That's the touch. It's 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 the touch. There's a young man in the third row right, right there. Right there behind this guy with the glass. Yeah, him. Just come. Just come. Just stand right here and lift your hands to God. Close your eyes as you do. The anoint- There's the anointing of God. Just get in behind him, brother. The power of God's going to touch him. There it is. One, two, three. Now in Jesus' name. That's the presence of God. Lift your hands all over the house. Come on, let's get our eyes on Jesus. Let's let his anointing just come. There was a young girl last night. I prayed for her name, Savannah, and she's got an issue with her spine. Uh, where is she? I want to pray for her. Quick, just come. Wherever you are, sweetheart, in an atmosphere like this, God can heal. Uh, she might have gone home already. I don't know if I saw her tonight, but if she's here, I'd love her to come. Just make your way down. Just lift your hands all over this place, church. Let the anointing of God just come. There she is. Just come. Stand right here, sweetheart. I want you ushers to really look after her if you can. Uh, Raise your hands to God. Just take a step forward. Close your eyes as you do. The anointing of God reigns upon you. Right there in Jesus' name. That's the anointing of God. Lord, heal that spine. We speak to scoliosis and we break its power right now. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Be filled with the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Pastor Jay, I sense His presence. I sense His presence. We are standing on holy ground. Come on, let's just worship Him for a moment. And I know that there are angels <laughs> all around. Let us praise. Let us praise. 
There's a young lady over there. You've you got glasses on. And you got a girl in the grey next to you. Both of you come. Both of you come. Yeah, you got like a, just come. Just come. Jesus, just come. Just come. Just come. Come strong. Come full of faith. Stand right here. Both of you lift your hands to God. Close your eyes. As you do, the Holy Ghost comes on you right now. Filled right now. Filled right now with the anointing. Jesus. Come on, church, why don't you lift your hands and worship Him?